0: Hey everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to Media Riot. This episode is a special episode where we report back from Chicago's own Riot Fest. No relation. We'll be looking at performances by the Pixies, Rocket from the Crypt, Glassjaw, Public Enemy, and many, many more. And the triumphant return of the replacements. We can't hardly wait. Let's go! We here at Media Riot have been looking forward to this all summer. Riot Fest! No relation. Started in 2005 in Chicago for music fanatics looking for a festival that catered to their DIY ethics and low ticket prices. The three-day, originally two-day, festival lineup has been a mix of buzzed-about reunions, one-offs, special guest appearances, and popular punk mainstays. This year's was no different, featuring the replacements returning to Chicago after their infamous breakup on stage at the Taste of Chicago 22 years ago. Rock legend says that one by one they left the stage to have their roadies finish the song, and that was the end of them. Older, and maybe a little wiser, the replacements closed out the festival late Sunday night. I attended all three days, and I'm happy to report this was the three best music days of my life. Now, originally Riot Fest was held at the Congress Theater in Chicago and other smaller venues around the city. Last year, it expanded to three days in a section of Humboldt Park, about six miles northwest of the Loop area. This year, actually, they expanded a little further south, uh, about a block adding on another stage. I attended last year and this year and now no official headcount is usually released but 30,000 on Friday was thrown around. I'm pretty sure this is a massive increase from last year. This year at times I felt a little crowded whereas last year I could have gotten a good spot to see a band, this year for the bigger name bands I had to plan ahead and get there at enough time. Now there were 70 plus bands playing this year, and as much as I would have liked to have seen almost all 70 plus bands, I had to pick and choose. So here we go. Upon my arrival on Friday, right by the main gate, I was able to catch part of Yellow Cards said, You know, that punk pop punk band with a violin player. They sounded like they have for the past past 10 plus years, coasting on early pop punk hits from the early 2000s. I mean, their latest album is an acoustic version of their 10 year old album Ocean Avenue. Ho hum, alright guys, just, just play Light Up The Sky and I'll be on my way. my way over to Screeching Weasel, I was able to catch a little of Andrew W.K. When it's party, we will party he performed last year too, and like last year, He still hasn't released a proper full album of new songs in like years now. His Japanese covers and piano tunes don't count because he doesn't really perform them. And from what I saw of this year and of last year, he can still tear it up and party hard, but some fresh material would be nice. I Get Wet was released in 2001 and The Wolf in 2003. It was like watching your party buddy from college still partying to the same college songs now screeching uh, chicago-based screeching weasel brought the first real punk to riot fest they did overlap a little bit with Bad Religion, who started after them, but I had seen Bad Religion about six months ago, so this one time I'll pass. Now, for nearly 25 years, Ben Weasel, and some sort of incarnation of Screeching Weasel, has been putting out four-on-the-floor punk songs, No Whiny Little Boys Here. Ben constantly checked his watch because they only had an hour-long set, and he was determined to give as much Screeching Weasel as possible, which mostly consisted of a greatest hit set, Including Veronica Hates Me and My Brain Hurts. This version of Screeching Weasel may not be the one you want, but it's the one you're getting, and they are still one of the best punk bands around, 25 years after starting. Now, I skipped over hip hop group Atmosphere because at the same time, Guar was performing. Gwar. 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 Gwar now, yes, they still consistently tore. But I was with my girlfriend who had never seen Guar live. For almost 30 years, Guar has been one of the best heavy metal bands out there, whose only reason they are not in the pantheons of metal gods like Metallica or Slayer is because they take their dark and scary imagery to South Park levels and beyond. They do have great songs like Gore Gore, Gogo, Maggots, and Sick of You, but you really go for the stage show. And like all great artists, they're constantly changing and evolving the show. In their foam and rubber costumes, Odorous Arungus and crew anally defiled the priest with a cross, cut off Queen Elizabeth's breast, crucified Jesus, and then he came back as super zombie Jesus, and they battled again. And of course, with all of their gallons and gallons of red-colored water spraying the audience. Now, talking about it and seeing it are two different things. Guar is a parody of heavy metal bands, but they do have a strong, true conviction of a damn the man sentiment. If you haven't seen Guar, go. If you have seen them, take someone who hasn't and watch their reaction. <laughs> Now, next was Joan Jet and the Blackhearts, and thankfully they performed close to the food vendors. Yes, even after watching Guar, I was still starving. I do want to note Ride Fest offers a wonderful selection of slightly overpriced but diverse food offerings, from corn dogs and the incredibly popular bucket of fries. People were all over those cheese and pepper covered fries like zombies to brains. And there were also vegan stands and food trucks with even more tasteful selections. As I chowed down on some bucket old fries, Joan Jet and the Blackhearts tore through a mostly greatest hit selection of I Love Rock and Roll, Crimson and Clover, and Bad Reputation. They performed a couple of new songs, which I didn't catch the names of, but really, for Joan Jett, does that matter much? She has been putting out albums since the early 80s, but hasn't been able to capture the lightning like she did early in her career. Which is rather sad seeing as she's an incredible musician and one of the best guitarists out there. A couple of new and catchy songs, you you know, wouldn't hurt. Also performing at the same time as Joan Jett was sublime with Rome. Skip! I don't practice Santeria, and I'm not pulled in by their punk-tinged, weed-induced jam. No. Now, Friday's buzzed-about reunion was the Danzig 25th anniversary performance. Originally set for its own show at the Congress Theater, the Congress closed temporarily due to the owner not following the city's safety laws. So Danzig became part of the Riot Fest lineup after Motorhead dropped out. Danzig 25 is a is a celebration of Danzig's first self-titled album, but the set list is pretty much the same they've been performing since the Danzig Legacy Tour of a couple years ago. Guitarist Doyle, from Glenn Danzig's first band, The Misfits, came on stage to play Misfits songs. The Misfits were an iconic horror-themed punk band who, after turning in some c- incredible albums and singles, broke up sued each other, but they did reform with one original band member who isn't Glenn, Glenn Danzig. Thankfully, Glenn Danzig and Doyle were able to put aside differences and perform as part of Danzig's show. For me, this was the first time seeing Danzig, or Danzig and Doyle. Uh, The set started off a little bumpy, with poor sound quality coming from Glenn Danzig's mic, plus the songs they picked to play, Twist of Cain and Blood and Tears, didn't really rile up the audience. There was a moment when this sounded like a washed-up metal band, but things turned around when Doyle took the stage. They blasted through a set of classic misfit songs, including "Vampira," I Turned Into a Martian, and Die, Die, My Darling. The crowd went bananas. It was a total 180. They finished the night with Danzig's most well-known song, too, Mother. What a way to close out night one. Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my words, what they mean, what they say. Mother, mother, can you keep them in the dark for life? Can you have them? As the crowd left, we had to go by another band that was the official closer of the night, Fall Out Boy. Yeah, yeah, nice boy singing poppy, quirky, slightly punk-tinged, but now more in line with Nickelback, big beat songs. Everyone, and your mother, who even only listens to Easy Rock, have heard a Fall Out Boy song. They're fine if you didn't care how sugary your music was. I only stayed for a couple of radio hits, and then I left before I might accidentally forget what real music is. Day 2. The day started off incredibly strong with Dinosaur Jr. Yet again another band that went through much interband turmoil, breakup and then reunite. This must have been the motif of picking this year's lineup. Dinosaur Jr. made their mark in the mid-80s through the 90s with some of the best guitar-driven rock the indie world had to offer. After band leader Jay Mascus alienated everyone in the band, Dinosaur Jr. officially ended in 1997. But by 2005, Jay and the other bandmates, Lou Barlow and Murph, reconciled and began performing again. By the time I finally got around to seeing them this year, the band sounded great as ever. Tearing through songs, Feel the Pain, Watch the Corners, a cover of The Cures Just Like Heaven, and a song from their hardcore punk days as Deep Wound, Training Ground. Dinosaur Jr. showed the kids a true freaky. Oh, oh, and they played that song as well. I'm Pennywise came on immediately after Dinosaur Junior finished their set. On TV and so good, like a box of fresh What the hell to me? So I took a drive to a on a stage across the park. Like Bad Religion, I've seen Pennywise many times before, and as always, they're a blast to see. The big reason to catch them this time around was the original singer, Jim Lindberg, had returned with the band after his replacement, Zoli Taglas, injured his back and couldn't perform with the band. And as Pennywise fans know, Pennywise is almost perpetually on the road. It's probably one of the unspoken reasons that probably pushed Lindberg to leave the band in the first place. From the moment the band took the stage, the dust from the baseball field the stage was on kicked up like a Saudi Arabian sandstorm, and they ripped through my own country and can't believe it. I stayed for only two more songs, every single day, in my own way, before I had to head over to Glassjaw, a band I had never seen before. Besides, I know in the future I will hear Pennywise play Perfect People and Fuck The Authority and Bro Him. I was sad to miss though, Pennywise do a cover of a no use for a name song, Devonshire and Crown, in honor of the passing of Tony Sly. They all look the same. They all look the same, yeah. Now I was glad to make it over to Glassjaw. There were five stages at Riot Fest and only the two main stages, Riot and Roots stage, were next to each other. The Rock stage was on the other side of the park. So, here I am at the Rock stage, once again to see a band for the first time. Remember, I can only afford so many tickets, and half of that goes to face to face and Pegboy anyways. But I wasn't the only person to see Glassjaw live for the first time. At the end of their set, one of the most repeated comments was how great it was to finally have seen them. (laughs) Catching the latter half of their set, Glassjaw brings back memories of rock bands in the 90s that could make the slowdowns in their songs as powerful as the fast hard chords they shred out. Glassjaw falls under the label of post-hardcore. The best way to describe that is, imagine a thousand rubber bands being twisted at once to the point of breaking, but it won't, because the person controlling it knows when to stop. You flinch thinking they might might go too far, but uh uh-uh, they won't. With songs like Tip Your Bartender, Siberian Kiss and Babe. Glass Jaw rocked fast. Then slow. Then fast. Then slow. Then fast again. Anyone who caught them. Anyone who caught them caught a band that was excellent. Even though the vocals are a little hard to understand live. Japan. Once Glassjaw finished, it was back to the other side of the park for Flag. Luckily there was an hour between Glassjaw and Flag, and the band filling that time was guided by voices. The band Dvachka was also playing, but nowhere near, so I wasn't able to hear them. So on my way over to Flag, I listened to a few songs by Guided By Voices, and that's one all all everyone needs. I caught them in 2000 at the El Rey with Matthew Sweet opening, who was awesome, by the way. Guided By Voices' only real constant member has been singer, songwriter, and former 4th grade school teacher Robert Pollard. Guided by Voices is famous for an hours-long set. When I saw them in 2000, I was there two and a half hours, and they were nowhere near the end before I left. So cramming them into an hour slot must have driven Pollard nuts. And actually, Pollard is a little nuts. He records everything. And I mean every little musical nugget that comes out of his mind. The Rolling Stones officially have 437 songs. Robert Pollard, through solo and band efforts, has over 1,600 official registered songs. Now, mind you, some of these songs are two minutes or shorter, and a lot are filled with random noise. Guided by Voices burned through 20 songs in their set, including well-known songs like Teenage FBI, No Transmission, and I Am a Scientist. I recommend singing by Guided Boy Voices. They're an incredible band whose style ranges between... Indie Rock Bar Band, Lo-Fi, Garage Rock, Punk Rock, and Progressive Rock. Guided by Voices is interesting to see, because not just because of the great songs, but what style of songs they might play. So, after three or four Guided by Voices songs, really, they kind of blended in there, it was over to Flag, not Black Flag, as vocalist Keith Morris liked to reaffirm during the set. Gimme gimme Need some more. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Don't ask before. Now, as I said earlier, the Motif for Riot Fest bands this year were bands who were big, fought with each other, broke up, and reunited. Well, Flag is still in the fighting stage. A quick recap. Black Flag was started in 1978 with Keith Morris and Greg Ginn. Since their formation, there have been many, many band members. One of the most famous is Henry Rollins. Black Flag officially broke up in 1986, but their influence has been epic, and there have been one-off reunions ever since then. But in the past few years, Greg Ginn has been pulling together his own official version of Black Flag, while Keith Morris and Des Cadena, another important member of Black Flag's rotating crew, wanted to form their own version of Black Flag. So Ginn sued everyone, <laughs> even Rollins, who wasn't really involved. Now Ginn owns the rights to Black Flag's name, logo, and merchandise. So that causes Morris and Cadena and crew to perform under the name Flag. And let me tell you, none of the lawsuits has taken away from the punch of Flag, not Black Flag, thats that they've been delivering since the 70s. Morris and Dez alternated on lead vocals, with songs like Revenge, Gimme Gimme Gimme, Wasted, Nervous Breakdown, Six Pack, Rise Above, and the Louie Louie cover. The only downside was the final song, Damaged. A slow, almost noise sludge rock song. What a lead fart of a way to finish off a power punk set. As people walked away, most agreed TV party might have been the best way to finish their set. So now, in order to get a good view of the next band on my list, I could only afford uh, the band following flag, Blondie, a few songs. Opening with One Way or Another, 68-year-old vocalist Deborah Harry can still rock it as much as 70-year-old Mick Jagger. Coming out dressed as a (laughs) wizard, Debbie and guitarist Chris Stein show no signs of aging and riled up the crowd with their dance rock. I wish I could have seen more after Rave and their cover of Hanging on the Telephone by the Nerves, but I had a force of nature to catch. At the rock stage, which fits this band perfectly, was Public Enemy. Still putting out albums, Public Enemy doesn't want you to believe the hype, but sure knows how to bring it. Sadly, Flavor Flav, rapper and hype man from Public Enemy, has become more infamous for his reality TV show efforts, but back on stage with Chuck D and DJ Lord, Flav took his performance as serious as ever, even getting a little solo time on the drums to show his musical prowess. Public Enemy ran through the hits, 9 is a Joke, Rebel Without a Pause, Bring the Noise, and a personal favorite, He Got Game. DJ Lord also got a spinning solo that made Nirvana Smell Like Teen Spirit a missed rap song opportunity. The band added in one newer song, harder than you think, but finished up the set with By the Time I Get to Arizona and Fight the Power. As fiery and righteous since the 80s, Public Enemy is still a force to be reckoned with. And um, to catch Public Enemy, I had to miss Rancid. uh, Another time. how to finish out night two well (laughs) with three minor hits and a bunch of bland whiny boy songs taking back sunday held my attention while i cooled down from public enemy if you ever need to rest your feet or eat some food and don't care what you're really listening to there's so taking back sunday. So I crossed the park so I'd be closer to the exit. And I figured I could listen to a little bit of the last band's playing. And this actually led to one of the most contentious debates I had with music fans later that week. The Violent Femmes, who I was informed later played their first self-titled self-titled album in its entirety, probably gave one of the worst performances I've seen. I would have liked to have seen the first half of their set, which was probably great, but by the time I got to actually hear their second half, it sounded like someone was beating a cat. It was the worst thing. I had to look it up, but supposedly what I heard was Gimme the Car, I held her in my arms, Black Girls, and finally American Music. I couldn't tell what the hell they were playing. It was a mash of tuneless, bluesy whining. It just, it was terrible, thats that's it. <laughs> The closer of Saturday night Drew the kids in like flies to shit Blink-182 gathered the most fans of the, of the night They opened with punk light songs Feel This and Up All Night And followed that with what they're better at Arena rock songs Like The Rock Show, What's My Age Again And Dogs Eating Dogs They do songs that alternate between being Young and Happy and Young and Sad Now like, you know, their song... Down isn't a bad song, it's an okay sad song for when you feel sad. And then after Down I left. Like Fall Out Boy, look at it this way, their songs are on the radio, so it's free. Do you always get high quality when it's free? Plus, there's no shame in liking a song or two of theirs. It's like this, you throw enough shit to the wall, something's gonna stick. Oh, and a quick note, I always found it funny that Tom DeLonge of Flink, went on to form other bands. Boxcar Racer and Angels and Airwaves. Blink is pretty angsty at times, but his two side projects makes that kid you knew in high school who wore all black and scribbled in his notebook look like rainbow bright. And we finally make it to Sunday. And it rained most of the day <laughs> so that eight bucks and that poncho was the best money spent all weekend the first band i was able to catch was against me if she wants to dance and drink all night well, there's no one that can stop her me would be a so-so generic pop punk band. I have heard them called folk punk because the lead singer-songwriter played acoustic before going electric. Okay. Now, it's not supposed to matter, but I did overhear many times and was curious myself. Everybody wanted to check out the lead singer. Lead singer-songwriter and constant band member Tom Gable came out last year as a transsexual woman suffering from gender dysophenia also known as Gender Identity Disorder, meaning he was not content with the gender he was born with. Tom Gable now goes as Laura Jane Grace, and she's still married to artist Heather Hanura, and they have a daughter. Grace is taking hormones and considering going full sexual reassignment. Yeah, it's pretty fucking interesting for this to be happening in the, yes, very liberal, but male-dominated punk scene. But you know what? Everyone's cool with it. Same with me. Hey, makes them happy, whatever. But you know what they need to do? Make better music. Against Me is one of those bands that has one song that they play in a slight variation. You can put Thrash Unreal and I Was a Teenage Anarchist, or Don't Lose Touch and Stop Side by Side and still not be able to tell the difference. As Laura and the band play through their set, I will admit this. Laura is very early in her hormonal transition and still looks like a dude in long hair and a dress. Maybe in two years, one won't recognize her. And maybe in three years, they'll find a new beat to record songs to. It was pouring rain when Against Me finished their set. And luckily, Bob Mould was on the stage next to against me. So I slogged over the 40 feet and watched Bob Mould of Husker Du and Sugar Fame tear through Sugar Songs, The Act We Act, A Good Idea, and Hoover Dam. And from Husker Du, Chartered Trips, Keep Believing, Flip Your Wig, and Makes No Sense at All. I mean tear. I think if you stood close enough to the stage, the energy off of Mould and the band would have dried you off. The rainy weather kept the crowd so light I was able to run back and forth between stages that day. I went to the other side of the park to catch some songs by Best Coast. a buzzed about Indie Band with its core members being Bethany Castino and Bob Bruno, with Bethany on vocals. I stood there for about 20 minutes. Now, mind you, I'm not familiar with The Berg, but I wanted to catch a buzzworthy band. And they were a major disappointment. First off, they should be called the Nico Case Coast. Bethany's vocals are so similar to Nico Case, they could be cousins. And I would name a couple of the songs that they played, but why? I heard about five songs and they all sounded identical. So, back across the park, away from Best Coast to get a good spot for my favorite band that reunited for uh, Riot Fest. Along the way I caught a couple of songs by the Dismemberment Plan. I got one now. I really don't know how. an indie rock band that has played together off and on since 1993. They ended up making me question why I went over to Best Coast in the first place. The Dismemberment's plan style is a mix of indie guitar rock mixed, mixed with dance punk, meaning a great song to dance to or slam dance to. In the future, I'll need to see them again. The only way you know that I love you And there's no I to I just Moses on the mounts Around it for the count Another reunited for Riot Fest band took the stage as the rain started to fall again. Rocket from the Crypt. with horns and the attitude of a 1950s DJ that knows how to get the crowd going, even in the mud. Lead singer and songwriter and guitarist Speedall, along with PDX, Apollo 9, JC2000, Ruby Mars, and ND, tore through their major label songs, Middle, Born in 69, On a Rope, and Young Livers, which got the band started off fast and hard, but kind of made all of the other songs to follow not as upbeat. They played Dick on a Dog, and Come See and Come Saw, and Ditch Digger, but other songs in- interspersed lost momentum of the opening also i actually moved back uh, from being so close to the stage whoever their soundboard operator was mixed them poorly now yes rocket likes it loud but it got so loud that the sound was distorted at times you couldn't hear either the horns or the guitars or speedo's vocals hopefully their club performance the night before had a better mix and hopefully following this reuniting the next time they perform again, they'll have another, uh, have a better sound guy. After Rocket finished her set, there was a lull in the lineup. Following Rocket was the band Brand New. Ironic name because their mopey, sad, screamo songs are nothing new. And Suicidal Tennessees and Touche Amore overlapped Rocket so I was unable to catch them. This is probably why Riot Fest, along with their bands, also has carnival rides and semi-pro wrestling. (laughs) I caught some semi-pro wrestling while chowing down on some dinner. And after the band AFI got their crate angsty crap out of them. It was time for the real music to start again. Taking to the stage, backlit, and with a lot of fog, was the Pixies. There was a guy And I guy who controlled the sun. Opening with covers by The Fall and Jesus and Mary Chain, then moving on to their own material, the Pixies are still going strong since their reunion in 2004. They've only released a couple of singles in that time, and it was starting to look like they were cashing in on the nostalgia. But this year, original band member, uh, bassist Kim Deal, left, or was asked to leave the band, and the guys brought on Kim Shatuck of Pandora's and Muff fame to play bass. Didn't notice a difference. And the buzz is that Departed member Kim Deal was kind of holding back the band from recording a full album. Although with Frank Black's notorious personality for just being a plain old dick to Kim, and just about everyone, the real story may never be known. The Pixies cruised their way through Wave of Mutilation, Monkeys Gone to Heaven, Bone Machine, and other songs before I had to leave to get my spot for The Replacements. Ending my three-day stint at Riot Fest, my legs were ready to give out, so the sooner the replacements took to the stage, the better. And when they did, they not only revived me, but all the other weary, cold, rain-soaked fans that had been waiting for this moment for 22 years. Original guitarist Bob Stinson passed away in 1995, and his replacement Slim Dunlap had recently suffered a stroke, so Paul Westerberg and Tommy Stinson decided to put aside years of animosity and record an EP of cover songs to help Slim with his medical bills. This in turn led the guys wanting to do a couple of reunion shows. Now, it wasn't a full reunion because original drummer Chris Mars was not there. He had retired from the music business. But oddly, Paul or Tommy didn't even bother to ask him to rejoin just assuming he would say no. So drummer Joss Fries and guitarist Dave Minehan filled out the slots. On top of making some of the most iconic pop and punk of the 80s, the replacements were known for their drunken shows. They could barely stand during some sets. Would the guy stumble out on stage drunk still? Thankfully no. It looks like Paul and Tommy learned that you can have fun and be goofy without getting massively shit-faced. I mean, you're playing replacement songs, how can you not be joyful? The guys gleefully played through all the big hits. Well, to call their song Hits is not, you know, hits in the traditional sense. They, They weren't liked by radio much, at least not college radio. College radio played them. On the set list was Bastards of Young, Alex Chilton, Can't Hardly Wait, Left of the Dial, and O2 College Radio, who played their music, Kiss Me on the Bus, and Merry-Go-Round. With Paul's voice actually sounding better than when they originally recorded the songs, he probably doesn't drink as much anymore. Yes, all the favorites were were played, and to those who might say they were cashing cashing in on nostalgia, no way. Paul and Tommy have matured enough to set aside petty disagreements, but they're not too old to sound... Uh, they're not too old, sounding silly, singing songs about girls, or growing up confused, or going bananas over your favorite singer, like this host did here. As the guys got to the end of their final song, I o U, a light mist began to come down. For 22 years now, the guys have been rattling around our minds in the haze of younger days, and thankfully they stepped out of that haze so we could hear the songs once again. And then they literally headed back into that misty haze. They may or may not tour again, they may or may not record another album, but uh, after all their influence they've had over the past 20 years, they deserved a proper curtain call. Exhausted and damped, I headed home. See you next year at Riot Fest. I'd like to thank you for downloading or streaming this episode of Media Riot. Media Riot is brought to you by Rain Ponchos. Rain Ponchos are punk rock, yo. Media Riot is an Illinois production. And we'll see you next time. Bye now.